for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, out there. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. This is episode number 98. Yep, just two more and we'll be a Hyundai. (laughs) I had to get the episode number out there just in case, because we're so out of practice right now with doing the whole podcast. I don't know about that. I, well, you're a professional. I'm, still, I'm just an amateur. I'm going to use my radio voice and talk like this. I, I don't have one. I'm going to stick <laughs> to being the goofy Texan that everyone always says, you know, oh, I hear your Texas accent. And I never know. Is that good or is that okay. bad? Okay. Speaking of Texan accents, we watched a movie. Um, it's called... Uh, it has two names. It has two names. It's either Christmas Twister Say that real fast, or F six Twister. Yeah, they had to give it two names because I guess it was so bad. Just in case, I don't know. Well, I we, don't we even know. the reason we watched it is because somebody mentioned that it it covers some some Texas towns that we're familiar with, the Granbury, um, Fort Worth, Haltom City, stuff like that. So we're Places like, oh, where we live. Yeah, so let's oh, oh let's check it out. That might be neat. Uh, yeah, no, it has it it does mention those cities and it, and the story takes place in those cities, but all of those cities are now in California. Well, what was funny, they did have one shot of downtown Fort Worth from across the Trinity River. And I was like, oh, they're going to have actual footage of the cities that we live in in this. No. Mm -mm. Nope. No. Nope. So so, uh, things to point out, um, people from New York cannot do a Southern accent. It was so bad. It was the worst. It was the worst Southern accent I've ever come across. It was horrible. I mean, it was it was so bad. I felt sorry for the girl. Mm-hmm. I did. Because, first of all, when somebody's trying to do a Texas accent, for some reason, they get into this real, like, South Carolina, Georgia kind of draw. And that's not the same as Texas. They just go for the Southern draw, not the Texas accent. And and it's different. It's very, If you've been to these places, you know it's different. Exactly. So what, I don't remember what word I mentioned to you. Like hard. Hard. Okay. Hard. So it's really hard. That's the way the girl was saying it. That's not how you say it if you're from Texas. If you're from Texas, you might say, that was really hard. Oh, and so and. So if you if you live in, in Central Texas, you know there's a lot of weird towns with a lot of names that aren't pronounced as they would expect to be pronounced. Bexar, it looks like Bexar County. It's Bear. It's B E X A R. <laughs> Everybody knows this. And it's not <clears throat> it's not Arith County. Oh no, they said yeah yeah. The very beginning <laughs> of the mo- movie, they said Arith County, and I was like, you mean Erath? Yep, and then and so the one thing that totally gave them away that they were all from California and in California was when they talked about the highways. Every That's highway so was funny. we can just get over to the thirty. Okay, nobody from Texas says the before the highway. It's just a it's just a cultural difference. It, you it know, is. It's with, funny. Uh, or what? It's I don't know. What do you call that? Um, 
regional difference. Mm-hmm. It's a regional difference from the United States. Californians do say, because we have friends in California, and they'll get on the 10. And yep, take, we, take the 10 to the, to the, to the 5, and we're, on, we're like, what are you talking about? So do we get on the 35? No, you just get on 35. <laughs> That's how we respond around here. So it's pretty funny that did give the movie away quite it was very entertaining. Right off, well, it was right off it was bat. really entertaining to hear all that stuff. And it has Casper Van Dien, who I thought I didn't know where he went, but <laughs> apparently he's doing movies about Texas that aren't really in Texas. Well, this not a, it wasn't a current movie. It was pretty it old. It was 2012. Yeah, and <laughs> so and it was also very heavy climate change. He was a he was a person that you know. He was the, the person that was calling out climate change before everybody else was in 2012. It, so, If you want to watch, and I'm sorry to whoever made it, but if you want to watch a really bad movie and laugh, it, it go ahead. Hey, I can't say anything. We made a B movie, or, or it might be a C movie that, we, that we're in. It might be a D movie. I don't know. <laughs> but, but the thing with our movie is we had no money. They had lots of money. They had like $750,000 at least in their budget. Right. I know I read that. We had 10. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so I'm not, I'm not going to knock on them. I've, I, you know, we've made movies, so we understand the difficulties behind that and, and how it all works. So it, it was fun for us to watch it in that vein just to see how, how they did stuff. It was fun. I will say it was a fun movie to watch, um, especially at the end when it's, what was it, Christmas? Mm-hmm. By then, it was Christmas, and they're swimming in their swimming pool outside, and there's like a heat wave, which yeah. is, that that right there, that can actually happen. That could totally be Texas. That can totally happen in Texas. There have been Christmases where it has been 80 degrees. Yeah. And we have been outside. Everybody has to move outside because the house is so hot from cooking <laughs> that you can't st- you can't run the air conditioner hard enough with people in your house to get it cooled down. So that's an actual thing. That could happen. Yeah. So don't watch it unless you like really movies that are so bad they're funny. Listen for the Texas accent. You'll know her when you hear her. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Okay, so um, anyway, that was a weird tangent, but hey. It, well, it's Christmas movie season. It is. Oh, yeah, it is. They're, they're everywhere. And I like Christmas movies. They're fun. Die Hard. You know, <laughs> right? Yes, Die Hard is the best Christmas movie. It is. And it's Change a my Christmas mind. movie. Exactly. You've even got a <laughs> cup of coffee in your hand. A cup hand. of coffee. Change my mind. He's at the table. Change my mind. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. But that that does bring up the, the kind of the, the point of what we're going to talk about today was kind of, um, you know, the holidays are coming up and we talk about this every year, the challenges that you're going to counter around the holidays, starting in Thanksgiving all the way through New Year's. Um, you know, you're going to be challenged and it's kind of like, you know, you feel like you're on that hamster wheel and it doesn't relate to just, you know, the time of year, but also we were talking about working out, how it feels like you're always on the, always starting over and always beginning working out. It's true. I'm, you know, we talked a little bit last week about getting back into running for, for me, you've been running, but I quit for a while. I've been moving at a pace that appears to be quicker than walking. If that qualifies as running, then Okay. Okay. Well, I have not. So I started with my running again last week, and it was terrible. It was just really hard. My calves are so sore from not doing it. And every time I do this, I've done this for the last 10 years or 15, maybe 20. Start running, get to a really good place where I'm doing eight-mile long runs, 
and it feels really good, and then something happens. I don't know. I don't know what happens. Something always happens. I, I stop running, and then I stop running, and then a week goes by because something happened, and then two weeks, then three months, and then I'm like, wow, I haven't ran in like three, four months, and then I go run, and I'm like, it's like my first time ever to be on my feet. What is going on? And that's the way it is. And, you know, it can be that with a lot of things. But, you know, th- you know, we'll, we'll talk about working out because that's what we do a lot of. And you're always on that kind of the hamster wheel of I was doing this for a while. It was really good. I fell off uh, my, of my program or of my, my motivation or my pattern. And then now I'm starting over again. And it's always going to be difficult. And that's okay. Well, and this is that perfect storm of the Christmas twister. <laughs> it's Christmas twister. So that kind of ties in with this whole thing. Cause mm-hmm. here's the storm, the holidays come and I don't know what everybody's doing. I'm assuming you're all going to be with your family, no matter what's going on. I hope so. What at regardless, the holidays come and food is different. It's just different. You're with other people. Maybe you're a carnivore and your family is not. So you accommodate people, you you participate in the holiday, and then it feels like a week's gone by, then all of a sudden two weeks goes by, and then you're like, well, I might as well just keep doing this till Christmas and wait till the new year. And then the new year happens, and it feels like it's your first time to ever eat healthy. <laughs> right. So how do, you, how do you maintain a little bit between now and New Year's, so you don't have that. I'm starting completely over feeling. What do you, What do you do? How Are you, you asking me? Because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, and that's true. We don't know. We just try, and we go through this just like you guys. Every year we go through the. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do better this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna not fall maybe as far off of the wagon. I won't get completely ejected and thrown into the ditch. Maybe I'll just fall out of the seat and have one hand hanging on. Maybe like Die Hard. <laughs> It all comes down to Christmas movies today, guys. So I think, you know, one thing is when we are coming up on this time and everybody knows kind of what's going to happen within their family circles, that you plan according. Being prepared is really the only thing you've got on your side here. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether it's you bring, we've talked about this last year, whether it's you bring a dish that you know you can eat if it's a family gathering or have food available that you can eat. Some people choose to fast uh, for the holiday. Not me. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. But, you know, be prepared and then plan to have that time be an on-plan, off-plan meal. Right. Because then it's part of the plan. So that's kind of what I did in the past couple weeks. I was looking at this week, Thanksgiving week, and and I kind of planned it as, all right, this is going to be a rest week. You did not tell me this. When I went out on my run this morning, I thought this was a regular (laughs) workout week, and I ran four miles. And I come back, and Steve says, I I came back at two, and I was like, dadgummit. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, uh, let's put it this way. I had planned it a couple weeks ago. I've been looking at this as a rest week, but I'd been running and it kind of felt pretty good. So when I left this morning, that was not in my head. It was it was about a mile and a half where my right foot started hurting very badly. And I'm like, well, apparently my body is indicating that I forgot you, that I, I planned this as a rest week. Oh. <laughs> so it told me about halfway through the run that, hey, you told us it was going to be a rest week, and now you're you're not doing that, so we're going to go ahead and help you out. And that's just what I always say. 
If you don't plan a rest week, your body will. That happens to me quite often because I rarely plan the rest week and they just happen to me. They happen when your body says, you know what, we've got, we've had enough. You don't let me rest. I'm going to create an injury so you have to rest. Yeah. And that's that's not where you want to get that you don't want to be in that place. No, no, no. You you don't want to be there. I, trust me, I've I've done this my entire life. I oh, never plan a rest week. Just getting hurt. We're really good at telling other people to plan a rest <laughs> week, but we're really bad at taking them ourselves. That's a hundred percent true. It's so true, and I think it's true for everybody. We're always all really good at telling other people what to do when we know it's the right thing to do. But then, do we listen to our own advice? Rarely. No, rarely do we ever no. actually do that. And and so and that's normal. Okay. It's really, that's why people hire, you know, health coaches and run coaches and strength coaches. That's why you hire those people because they're telling you what to do. They look at it, you know, from a, you know, a third party view. It's way easier for them to structure what you need to do opposed to trying to figure out what you need to do on your own. True. But so one of the things kind of going in the holidays as far as working out and maintaining your health that we want to talk about is there's three things you have to look at. Inspiration, motivation, and dedication. I didn't know you were going to break out alliteration yeah, man, today. I know, right? So inspiration is pretty simple. It's when you when you see something, hear something, talk to someone, and become inspired. It's just the feeling of you feel good, you feel like you want to do something. That's the feeling, okay? That's inspiration, and that's easy. A lot of people get that. We get inspired to, like, play the guitar or, you know, be in shape or eat better, but we don't do anything mm-hmm. because after inspiration comes motivation. You have to be motivated to do it. How do you motivate yourself? Well, there's, there's losing weight, there's being healthier, there's, uh, you know— setting goals for like a 5k or a marathon that that's motivation and then dedication is when you do it all the time it becomes your your pattern and your habit so you have to look at those things and and try to establish those knowing that that's what you have to do to get to where you wanted to go yeah and i think that that's a really good point because often um for me personally i i will with just with the running honestly it's only with running I'll lose my motivation at some point about that time where I'm getting really dialed in and good at it. Mm -hmm. And then something happens and I kind of get demotivated by some circumstance. And then a lot of times what will happen is I'll hear a story or I'll see a video of someone who is my age and they're running 100-mile marathons and they're, you know, trail races and all of these things. And it becomes something that's sort of inspiring. And it, it kind of gets me back into that mind frame of like, oh, my gosh, your body can do anything that you you uh, fuel it properly to do. And if you train for it, this is these are not special people. They're just people who got the three eyes down. Right. So, yeah. And, and so what you should do is... Just what you said, reach out and try to find stories that inspire you. You know, um, if you want to do a Spartan race, watch a video on on a Spartan race. It's they're really fun to watch. If you want to do a marathon or if you want to do a, a specific long bike ride or even something that were dream way bigger than what you could ever do. You know, do you want to ride the Continental Divide? Do you want to run across the United States? Something that, that is com- so completely outlandish, but I bet you somebody has already done it. I know. I, I And one of the stories I heard this last week was I had heard about the Iditarod uh, sled dog race, mm-hmm. but I did not know that people did that race on bikes right? in the snow. And there's a woman who has done it who has won. And I was, she's my age. And that's when I was like, what? That's amazing. <laughs> 
And I need to start, you know, getting my endurance back. And really, ladies, I was talking to Steve about this earlier. We're kind of designed just by nature to be probably a little bit better at endurance sports uh, because we have more body fat naturally. Right. And it's just more fuel to tap into. Yeah. And, and I, and I, you know, I, we were talking about this as well. You know, women are really good at endurance sports. Like they're uh, better than most men, I think, because they just they have more fuel on board to carry, carry around and they can keep going. And maybe it's just because nature designed us that way because we have children and we got to keep going no matter what. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's true. That's that's one of the one of the reasons that, that we are different. You know, men and women, as far as how much fat we carry around, that's the reason why. It is. And it's really interesting. We, you know, I, I was talking to my daughter about that because she, she recently had a baby just almost four weeks ago. And, you know, if you get sick, we've been talking about this. You don't get the day off when you're a parent. You just keep, when you're a mom, you just keep going. And that happens for some dads, of course, too, because they're the stay-at-home parent or they're the, you know, maybe more full-time caregiver. But for women, mostly, that kind of like... That's just the way it is. You just keep going no matter what. So endurance sports may be our thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you have the have the flu or you feel sick or you have a cough, uh, you know, your responsibilities as a parent, they do not go away. Yeah, male or female, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, you know, it's just one of the things that, that young kids coming into adulthood don't realize until they have to do it. Yeah, that's true. But that's very so normal. True. It's not like it's a big deal. People should get manuals to be parents. I've learned that with, you know, watching our children have children. I'm like, I wish they gave them, I wish there was like a whole parenting class for kids, but maybe there is and I just don't know about it. <laughs> it's called life. I guess. It's an ongoing class that never ends. That's why it takes a village. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, off it, topic. Yep. And, and, you know, speaking of taking a village, we went to the birthday party this weekend, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of... Uh, our grandson Silas, who's six. Yep, just turned six years old. So, you know, all those kids were there running around like little crazy people. <laughs> yes. Because that's they what they were. are. They're little, they're little unhinged people that are crazy. <laughs> it's really funny. They're so fun. Uh, that's totally off topic, but having grandkids um, is also part of an endurance sport when you have to have them uh, for any extended period of time, and then you realize it's so nice to be able to just give them back to their parents. Yes, it is. Even though we love them. Yep. Well, hopefully you guys can see your family, uh, you know, this, this holiday season. Um, but, you know, and, and, and maybe that's the motivation for you. When we talk about, you know, inspiration and motivation, you know, being motivated to be healthy, to be around for your family. That's, yeah. that's how you get motivated. And then when you start establishing that thing that you do all the time, like for me, working out is, it's a habit. Like it is completely ingrained in me. I've been doing it since I can remember, you know, starting playing peewee football or peewee baseball as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, running. And back then it wasn't working out. It was just having fun. But that becomes the pattern that you always do. And if you get out of that pattern, you feel uh, not quite right. And that ha- what happens when you get injured. Yeah. So part of the injury is the, the mental rehab of you don't get to work out or you can't work out and you got to overcome that. And that, that's a really hard thing to do. Um, anytime I know that you or I, either one, have something where we can't work out for a while, it, it is kind of, I don't know, you get used to those endorphins from working out. If you do it normally, you're used to that, uh, that feel-good hormone. And when you don't have it, there's a little bit of like a, well, now what? I feel like the fish and 
Finding Nemo at the end in the bags. What now? (laughs) (laughs) You know? But uh, most people are going to start this new year in some really weird situations. So we're talking about food and we're talking about exercise and the feeling like you're on this hamster wheel. And this year has been one of those years where it's got to feel for a lot of people like a constant hamster wheel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because your gym is opening, it's closing, it's opening, it's closing, and all these things are happening. And it's just been really difficult for a lot of people. And as we go into this new year, normally people are planning like, I'm going to get a gym membership, I'm going to do all these things and get my life in order this year. And this year is kind of like, well... What's going to happen? Right. You don't know. So you're going to have to do things that are a little more within your control. And we talked about some of this stuff last week, like breathing. Just establishing a, a, a daily breathing exercise, which, you know, when, when I do it, it takes me about 15 to 20 minutes. That's a long time mm-hmm. of just breathing. Just changing that can be, be a step in the right direction, opposed to having to think that you have to go to the gym and run for 30 minutes. Right. And, you know, depending on where you live, we were talking about this earlier because I was saying that getting outside, even if your gym is closed, you most people can get outside, run. And then we started talking about people who live up north and maybe it's already snowy and, and really, really cold in your area. And that's problematic. So it, a lot of these things become very difficult, especially with the time frame that we're living in. So having some sort of plan going for the next few months that is doable, whether it's inside body weight workouts, if you don't have any equipment, uh, establishing these breathing exercises to help stimulate your body and your immune system as we go into these winter months. And then always we, you know, you know, we talk about the carnivore and the keto diet, and that's just kind of like something that we, we assume everybody here is doing or is interested in doing. But if not, this is a time to start establishing those kinds of patterns, too, of how you fuel your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, eating real food is the basis of everything we talk about. And, you know, that's why we try not to be too, uh, you know, weird about being paleo, keto, carnivore, whatever it is. We recommend eating real food to get to where your goals are. Exactly. And if that's somebody, if you're somebody that, you know... I have clients that don't want to give up vegetables. They love them, and I don't push them to unless we have issues where we need to see, like really isolate what's going on in the body and, and determine which foods are problematic by introducing one food at a time for, for a period of days to see what reaction we have. But once we are done with that, we figure those those foods out and they're able to establish a really good eating plan for themselves to know what foods work for their body versus what was keeping them held back by inflammation or, you know, any kind of autoimmune triggers because there's a lot of foods, even within the keto and carnivore space, that can still be problematic for people, whether it's nuts or certain vegetables, or dairy, and I think we were going to talk a little bit about dairy, Um, and you know, it's one of those things that that's one of those touchy subjects, even within the carnivore zero carb community. Mm -hmm. Oh, it totally is, and and we cut it out for a while, and I felt good when I did it, and then after a period of, you know, I don't know, two years, Mm -hmm. I guess, we added it back in, and the way I'm using it now is I'm using it as my post-workout drink. Because forever, as doing triathlons, one of the recommended post-workout drinks was low-fat chocolate milk. 
sugar chocolate water. Sugar chocolate <laughs> water basically is what it was. But the thing was, it's like, yeah, you get some sugar and you get some protein and it's everything in one. It's great. It's it's natural. It's it's really not. There's no brown cows making brown milk out there. No. So what what I've been doing now is, you know, we, we, we don't eat in the morning, so we don't have breakfast and we have a fat coffee and then work out. So what I do after a workout, just have a big glass of milk. And that seems to be helping stimulate weight loss because I'm getting that after workout protein, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of galactose in there that's not a fast acting sugar that helps me kind of get my muscles refueled. Right. And and that's something that oh, gosh, every single person has to test that for themselves. And we know that there's a lot of people who say, you know, to lose weight, you've got to stay off of dairy completely. I am totally for that when we're talking about store-bought homogenized pasteurized dairy products those are really not your bet in your best interest those are less beneficial if you can in any way find a raw milk dairy near you and you can go and seek that out that is something that i mean it, it is something to try because most people who can't do regular dairy and have no success with it and actually gain weight on it find the exact opposite true for raw dairy. So where that's available, I would I would suggest always seek that out. You know, I think you can go to raw milk dot real I'm sorry, realmilk.com or dot org. I can't remember. It's a Weston A. Price Foundation uh, website that will help you to find raw milk in your area by just putting in your state and you can look at all the areas around you and see if there's one close or nearby. Yeah. And then, you know, if you, if you feel like you're in that place where you're ready to introduce it and see how it works, then just, just do it, uh, very methodically. So you know what the outcome is. You can, you can track the changes, whether it's, you know, digestive changes or how you feel or how you perform, whatever that is, uh, track those. So you understand what it's doing. Yeah, and for a lot of people, dairy will be problematic with skin eruptions, like maybe eczema, some things like that. So you'll want to watch for those things. Um, One issue with most people with dairy is that it's a leaky gut issue. And there are a lot of studies even that you, well, that you can go look at and a lot of testimonials about the use of raw milk in healing the gut and being beneficial for people who have those issues with eczema. So, you know, we're not saying that it's, you know, uh, for everybody, but it is something that you can check out. Right. It's something to try. Again, you, you, the journey never ends. You're always experimenting. You're trying to figure out what, what works best for you. And, you know, never exclude anything completely just because of what you heard. Understand how it works with your body. That's the important thing. Exactly. And, you know, there's a, you can find a study for pretty much anything that you want to prove. <laughs> but there are studies and there are examples of people who have more whole fat dairy uh, lose more weight than people who don't. And that's interesting because you hear the opposite even within our own community. Right. And, again, that goes exactly what Melody said. You can find a study to support pretty much any viewpoint that you want to pick, whether it's, you know, a vegan or a carnivore or dairy or no dairy. You can find things to support whatever you want to believe. Um, But remember, you just got to test it for yourself. You're the best experiment. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't really rely all the time on any of the nutritional data and research out there because some of it is so incredibly flawed 
And you're your best experiment. That N1, N equals 1 experiment is always the gold standard for you personally because you're different than every single other person. Yeah, just this last week, there wasn't there another study that came out, you know, vilifying eggs again? I didn't see that one. (laughs) But I saw saw somebody post online earlier this week that they went to the doctor, um, had a health checkup. Everything was great. Like, the doctor was like, oh, wow, you're really healthy. And for whatever reason, they disclosed to the doctor that they were eating six eggs a day. And suddenly the doctor changed and was like, you really need to stop that and stop consuming so many eggs. Wait, but I'm really healthy. Yeah, but the eggs, that's not healthy. But wait, I'm really you just said I'm really healthy and I've been doing this for a long time. So that's the problem yeah. right there. A, a friend of mine, same thing, dealing with health issues. Uh, he's been doing carnivore for 30 days. He's lost about 10 pounds, he said, and he has gout issues. So he said his joints were feeling better. His gout was getting better. Everything was trending in the right direction until he went to the doctor. And the yeah. doctor told him he was going to have a heart attack. Literally told him any day. <laughs> That's so disturbing. And that he had to be on a statin immediately. Ah, oh, the fear tactics. So I'm, I'm real over the fear tactics. Yeah, and it's and it's hard to deal with that because when someone is dealing with your with their health in their life and their doctor telling them they're going to have a heart attack, you know that that's impactful. So you yeah, know, your stress level is going to go up immediately. Right. So so what do you do? You either you know you got to and that's pay attention to how you feel do you feel good are you losing weight are you are you going in the right direction if you're if you're going in the right direction whatever you're doing is is working exactly so uh, you know the, again that 15 minute appointment with your doctor and that's all he gets is that snapshot of your life might not be or might not have the best recommendations for you going forward yeah exactly um and, you know, it's funny because I've, I've been going back and reading over the Zone Diet book by mm-hmm. Barry Sears. Yeah. And it's funny because that book, you know, was written almost, let's see, what? It was 95, I think, the edition I have. And um, that was the low-fat craze time. Low-fat had been all the rage. And he kind of, in that book, what's funny is he doesn't really promote ketogenic diets. He thinks that's that's still so new mm-hmm. in, in his mind, I think. But I, would, I don't know what he thinks about it now. But it's interesting that in there he says to eat, to lose fat, you have to eat fat. That's already in that book. Go, you know, starting there. Like if you, if you want to lose fat, you've got to eat fat. And we've been saying that. And then here you have doctors still. This is, that was 95. And you know people have been saying it like Dr. Atkins had been saying that before. And here we are in 2020. And they're still telling you that fat is going to kill you. I know. It's crazy. It's, it's just amazing. And so it's not always in your best interest to follow all of your doctor's <laughs> advice. No, they're, they're a consultant. And take that advice with a grain of salt just like anything else, and then move on and do what's best for you. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, and that kind of brings us to a point, yeah? I think so. You betcha. You bet. Oh, yeah, we've been watching Fargo. <laughs> you betcha. Oh, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, I guess for people who live up in that area, Fargo area, 
Uh, we're we can't, probably doing it terrible. Yeah, we definitely can't, you know, poke any fun at Axton since we're from Texas and try to poke fun at people from Minnesota. I think it's great. I, I like to hear them talk. And just, I love the, it. Yeah. I love the, all the different regional accents. Oh, yeah. The, the, the diverse accents just across the United States is crazy, and it's, it's awesome to hear. I know. It's really fun. And um, with all the uh, videos and news and availability of information now, you get to hear a lot more of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <You do. laughs> all right. Well, we hope you guys are going to have a good day. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. Definitely have a great Thanksgiving. Um, hopefully, you get to be with your family. Like we said, make good choices. Plan to have an off day if that's, you know, what you need to do, but then get back on plan and um, just, you know, ha- have have a strategy for the week right. to, so that you don't go into Thanksgiving and then end up at the new year having had a whole month and a half of off plan eating Yep, because that can really set you back. So. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, during that time frame, you need anything from us or need some advice, just reach out. We're happy to, uh, you know, do the best we can. All right. Okay. Okay. Go out there, eat lots of fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.